The NFL's open negotiating arrives on Monday, followed by the start of the free agent signing period two days later. And in the days to follow, we should have a clear picture of where such 49ers as Jimmy Garoppolo, Mike McGlinchey, Jimmy Ward, and Robbie Gold will be playing during the 2023 season. The 49ers remain in the market for a veteran quarterback after Brock Purdy had what the team described as a successful surgery on his throwing elbow. We will check in with a specialist in sports surgery to learn what it all means and how this surgery might impact Purdy's arm strength. But how attractive are the 49ers for any veteran when they already have Trey Lance and Purdy? Jennifer Lee Chan and I will discuss how the 49ers can make a pitch for a third quarterback. We'll also go through some of the top 49ers free agents and come up with possible replacements both inside and outside the building. All that and much more coming up on this episode of 49ers Talk right now. Welcome to another edition of 49ers Talk on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your host, Matt Mayoko. All right, this is 49ers Talk brought to you by Big O Tires. Matt, Jennifer Lee Chan, and we're from all places of the globe. Uh, Jennifer, do you care to say where you are right now? I needed to defrost a little bit because California has been so cold. So I actually uh, went 17 hours on a flight to Singapore to uh, of course, get some humidity, get some heat. I mean, you know, it's just your average weekend trip. Yeah. What the heck is going on here? I come <laughs> home from Vegas and I see you unannounced in the airport, just sitting there pecking away on your <laughs> on your laptop. Like I know. What are there more than one Jennifer Lee Chan there or is, or is, is it just you? I am everywhere. So on Friday, I went and spoke at a panel on a panel for college students. There were 120 different colleges represented. We, uh, it was a women's panel and we answered questions about what it's like to be a female in a male dominated industry, which is sports journalism. So it was a great panel. We answered a lot of questions. It was a good time. Um, yeah. So uh, from there, San Francisco, I flew out to Singapore. Wow. Yes. Um, Why not? You know what? It's not as male dominated as it used to be. I mean, you and I have talked That's about true. That. there are a lot of really talented women reporters. Um, and so I've tried to, I have two daughters. I'm a girl dad. And I've told them, I said, hey, maybe you are. think about becoming a, uh, you know, a reporter, you'll cover sports. And they both like do the full belly laugh at me. You know, one of those <laughs> and pointing at me like, ah, you're funny. So uh-huh. anyway. We are reporters and we are talking about the 49ers because after all, this is 49ers talk, comma, pause, longer dramatic pause, the podcast. Yes, it is. We are the podcast. 49ers talk, the podcast. Okay, so the news. Friday, the 49ers released this statement about Brock Purdy. Purdy underwent successful surgery with renowned specialist, Dr. Keith Meister. Dr. Meister conducted an internal brace repair on Purdy's right elbow. Purdy is anticipated to start a throwing progression program in three months. What I found interesting about that was that they put a time frame on when he can start throwing they did not put a time frame on when they expect him to be fully cleared and ready to play football. So what they've said is three months previously, they said it'd be a three month buildup program or how they term it here, a throwing progression program. Um, but it, it leaves some wiggle room, right? It could be a little bit less. It could be a little bit more. And so that part of it, they're just kind of saying, folks, you'll know he's ready we'll know he's ready. He'll know he's ready when he's freaking ready. All right. Just like I said in the last podcast, a step in the right direction is a step in the right direction. And it's, it's, (laughs) I mean, the fact that he had the surgery and didn't get postponed again, that there weren't any complications. That's all good signs that it will be on schedule in three months. And yeah, I think it's, it just depends. Every human is different. He's going to recover differently than other people that have had the surgery. So he could 
heal quicker. He could take a little longer. It just won't, you know, you won't know until he goes through it. So I don't think they could put a, a firm time frame on when he'd be ready to play in a game because that just wouldn't be fair to anybody and it wouldn't be accurate. Yeah. And, and I know his, he was going to spend some time in Florida. At least that was the initial plan. He was going to spend two weeks in Florida right after the surgery to just kind of make sure that everything's going the right way. Because his dad was going to go down there for one week, spend time with him. Then his mom was going to go down there, spend another week with him. And so, you know, the idea then would be that he would be able because he's a rehabbing athlete, he could, he would be able to come back to Santa Clara at some point and start that process of working under the direct supervision of the 49ers strength and conditioning staff. And so, yeah, I mean, that that's, it's the thing that, you know, we talked about last week on the podcast is that, you know, he, he'll, he won't be able to take part in the offseason program. He won't be able to take part in, at least some of training camp. I think he can even before he's fully cleared, he can do stuff, some stuff in training camp, right? I mean, he can, he can hand right. off, he can, he can kind of go mm-hmm. through the progressions without making the, you know, unleash the throw, you know, the right. deep out 22 yards or whatever the case may be. Um, but it really does give Trey Lance an opportunity to just prove, Hey, there's no reason for me to come off the field the field that he's been on or will have been on during the off season and during training camp. So really the first, mm-hmm. you know, as we talk about any kind of competition or any kind of dilemma or conundrum of what's going on with Fort Harris quarterbacks, um, the, the, the onus right now is on Trey Lance to show, to prove that he's a better option. Right. I mean, it's all laid out there for him. It's every opportunity that he could ask for to go out there, take all the first team reps. He's going to be out there with the full complement of the offense. You know, you're looking at the guys like George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon, he's going to be out there with them building chemistry, but of course, Brock Purdy is going to be in all the meetings. He's going to be going through, I'm sure routes on air, you know, with players going through the cadences in his head, verbally out loud, he's going to be ready to go if, and I think, you know, it depends on how early he gets ready and how they both look at practice and Kyle Shannon's going to have a decision to make. Okay. So what is the the question is, what is six months? Is it, you know, surgery? That was was the question that was a lot on social media, right? Is it six months or is it, you know, how many weeks? weeks? Yeah. So six months yeah. <laughs> is literally September 10th, the first Sunday of the NFL regular season. 24 weeks is August 25th, which means probably after the final preseason game, but there's a pretty good gap between the end of the preseason and then when the right. regular season starts. And so um it's usually just, two weeks, a little bit over. Yeah, two what it would weeks. be it'd be uh yeah, right. The final preseason game on a Thursday, then it wouldn't mm-hmm. be that end of August. Yeah. Yeah. Then it'd be the next come around. Um, so anyway, I, I don't think that this really impacts. Well, I guess it does impact because either way, the 49ers would have a, a plan to be made, but mm-hmm. I don't think it changes what they're looking for when they hit the open market. And by the way, the open negotiating period begins on March uh, 13th and then the free mm-hmm. agent signing period officially begins March 15th. I hate the term, the legal tampering period because tampering by definition is not legal. So it'd be <laughs> like the, uh, the, it really uh, should just start free agency on the 13th is what you're saying. Well, yeah, I think so pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's when mm-hmm. teams can legally begin talking to players and their agents. And so, uh, it, I don't think it really changes how I view what they want to do. You know, I still think, you know, best case scenario for the 49ers would be to get Andy Dalton. However, will Andy Dalton get a backup job for some other team? Um, and so it, it's all about, you know, any veteran that they go to and, and you know, some of the names you know, like Andy Dalton, uh, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, uh, Matt Ryan, any of these guys, 
would have to come to grips with the reality that even if they absolutely crush it during the offseason program in training camp, that guy will still be, in all likelihood, the number three quarterback on the 49ers when Purdy and Lance are available, and that that guy would only get into any kind of game if, uh, as an insurance policy, and that's only if two guys in front of him become unavailable. So the 49ers are limited by what they want to pay and the players that they are going after would be whittled down by players who envision themselves being able to at least compete for a backup job. And I don't see any veteran coming in and having that like just wide open, you know, free reign. Hey, you're competing for a job. You know, we didn't think, I guess I didn't think that a year ago when Nate Sudfeld and uh, and Brock Purdy were uh, the only two quarterbacks really behind Trey Lance, but Purdy did win that job. I just don't see any other quarterback being able to come in and leapfrog either Purdy or Lance. I mean, the one thing that they can see that is a possibility, though, getting to the third quarterback, which the Niners did last year with Brock Purdy. So, I mean, there's always a chance that they get to their third quarterback or their fourth. It's not normally likely, but hey, we saw what happened last year. And it was the Brock Purdy show who was the third guy on the depth chart at the beginning of the season. So, I mean, it can happen. There is a chance. You're saying there's a chance. There so, is a chance. Uh, and it, another thing about the Niners for a quarterback like that that's attractive is they're going to go deep into the postseason with the complement of guys they have. I mean, they're set up for that They're set up like for they were last year. They're set up for it. Uh, so it's a team that is competitive is more of what I was trying to say. So it's an attractive place to land. They've got a good reputation about having good coaches and Kyle Shanahan is very good at his offensive playbook. A lot of guys learn from him. So, I mean, it's an attractive place to go. Look, good locker room. They're a contender. They're set up to be a contender. Yeah, and I guess here would be the 49ers pitching. You know, this would be their pitch to Andy Dalton would be, or any of those quarterbacks that they like. I don't know for sure that Andy Dalton is the guy they're going to go after. But this would be my pitch if I were John Lynch. I would say, come here. You'll you'll work you know in our system. We'll get you better. We'll we'll teach you our system. Um, we'll give you some action in the preseason, and then if you're going to be our number three, we will let you know, and and then you know you'll have that opportunity to go be the number two somewhere else. You know, in other words, we're not going to keep three quarterbacks on the fifty-three man roster. Uh, they could, but we'll keep three, two quarterbacks on uh, the active roster. We'll let you go. And if you can get a backup job somewhere else, go for it. But if you clear waivers or, or I guess you'd be a a, a free agent able to sign with anyone, but we would like to have you back to the practice squad, but, you know, look at this as a, as a, a, the ability that these quarterbacks don't often have of being able to, as the season progresses, figure out at that point what the best fit is. You know, deciding what the best fit for you as a backup quarterback isn't always, uh, doesn't always give you the clearest picture when you have to make that decision in mid-March. But if you're making it in late August, then you have a really good idea because maybe there are some quarterbacks that got injured. Maybe you know, this or that, or, you know, whatever the case may be. So that I would be, that would be the pitch that if I were the 49ers, I would say Andy Dalton sign with us. And you know, if you have an opportunity to be the, the number two somewhere else, we can make that happen. Mm-hmm. So. There's always a need for good quarterbacks, right? There's, there's never a time where they're not in demand. So the better they can get, the more in demand they'll be. And there's always, I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a game where there's injuries. So there's going to be openings here and there, no matter what throughout the season. So being prepared and being on a good team, it's a good thing for a quarterback. 
Right. Okay. So uh, move, uh, a move in the right direction. The positive direction is a move in the positive direction. There's also a need, always a need for good quarterbacks. Jennifer Lee Chan, you are a philosopher among many other things, world traveler, philosopher. So here's my question to you. 49ers have 11 draft picks. I think I was expecting them to have 10 for some reason, but they have 11 draft picks. And I mean, it starts off 99 overall. So four, uh, three picks in the third round. That's at the end mm-hmm. of the third round. So it's right. pick 99, 101, and 102. And then four picks in the in the seventh round. I mean, I'm I'm never opposed to, for a team, especially a team with 11 draft picks, to use one of those guys on a quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. And so... Right. Um, I mean, it's never a bad idea, is it? And you might end up with a guy like Brock Purdy. Yeah, you never know. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, they're going to have to bring guys in. They're going to have to get a quarterback through free agency, the draft. They're going to need at least two, I would think, for the beginning of training camp. Yeah, I'd say at least. Yeah, along with be. along with Trey Lance, right? So yeah. Trey Lance. And two Two more because Brock Purdy is not going to be practicing. So they are going to need two more arms during training camp. I I could see them, obviously Brock, or obviously Trey Lance. I could see Mm -hmm. them assigning a veteran. I could Mm -hmm. see them drafting, you know, drafting a guy and also signing an undrafted guy just to have four arms of, of their 90 players in camp. And then when, when uh, Purdy is available, obviously one of those guys would go or two of them would go or actually three of them could go. Um, here, here's the one name of a guy. And, and it's kind of a it's an obvious choice or it's an obvious pick or, you know, who's going to be the Brock Purdy. Um, Jake Hayner from Fresno State. A, l- a lot of people have talked about him. I think Kirk Herbstreit during the, the senior bowl referred to him as the Brock Purdy. Um, Jack Hayner was the, the senior bowl MVP. And of course, fans or uh, onlookers of Bay Area media know his mother very mm-hmm. well, Julie Hayner uh, from KTVU, longtime anchor there. So th- there are, you know, there are the, those comparisons based on size and arm strength. Brock Purdy did play a lot more college football, although Hayner, was in college. I think he was in college for five years, beginning in 2018 with Washington. And then coincidentally, when he found out that uh, Jacob Eason was going to be the starter at Washington, Hainer transferred to Fresno. And so uh, Eason, of course, was the 49ers practice squad quarterback last year. And if there had been that rule of you can keep an emergency third quarterback, it would have been Jacob Eason in the NFC championship mm-hmm. game. Correct. That is correct. Yeah. Cause I, I saw people saying, Oh, the 49ers made a bad mistake by not having Jimmy Garoppolo active for that game. Jimmy Garoppolo hadn't even practiced. He was not yeah. available for that game. Now, maybe if the 49ers had won and it still might've been a long shot, but maybe if the 49ers had won that game, then he could have returned to practice and perhaps been the number two for the Super Bowl. So anyway, um, the, and there are there's a lot of quarterback moving and shaking, and you know we'll see in the coming week. I think where Jimmy Garoppolo ends up and where Aaron Rodgers ends up. I think the Jets are in play for both of those guys. Um, boy, the the uh, Carolina Panthers pulled off a blockbuster deal to get the number one overall pick yes. in the draft from the Chicago Bears. Um, another person in the NFL told me, you know who reminds me of, of um, Brock Purdy? It's Bryce Young. He says, uh, mm-hmm. he texted me, they're both extremely smart and undersized and they see the field very well. Of course, the difference is one of those guys I just referenced was the absolute last pick in the draft one year. The other guy stands a very good chance of being the number one overall pick the following year. So I'll let you guys figure out which is which. And um, mm-hmm. the winner of that trivia question uh, will get, uh, I don't know, a pin or something. How's that? 
<laughs> All right. Sounds I don't good. Know. Yeah, that really, yeah. Does it really sound good? No, it doesn't. Okay. So we got plenty more to talk about. Anything else we want to talk about on this quarterback situation, Jennifer, anything that uh, just kind of comes to mind and from how many of our thousands and thousands of miles you away you are from me right now? Now, I, you know, I think we've said it, we've talked so much quarterback over the last month, quarterback talk over the last month. And I think we've covered a lot of it. You know, Brock Purdy's going to get healthy when he gets healthy and he'll get back into the groove and Trey Lance is the guy through OTAs and training camp. And they're going to bring in more guys. I okay. mean, it's just, yeah. it's going to be a work in progress. They're going to have to see how everybody progresses. You know, there's talk that guys come back from elbow surgery throwing stronger and there's talk that they don't. So it's kind of going to be how Brock comes back from the surgery. Yep. All right. Well, one thing I know about Jennifer, one thing I know about myself, we are not doctors and we don't even put doctors on 49ers talk, the podcast, but we do know one doctor. Well, we know more than one doctor, but one doctor who is, is local and follows this stuff very closely his name is Dr. Narath Pandya. He's with UCSF, and he's going to kind of guide us through this whole Brock Purdy situation and the surgery that was performed him for him performed on him on Friday. And uh, we'll get, talk to the good doctor after this word from Big O Tires. Did you know that the warranty from a tire manufacturer could be voided if your car is out of alignment? At Big O Tires, we install and maintain every tire we sell and offer critical services like alignments. Here at Big O, everything we do is to protect you and your car. Big O Tires, the team you trust. All right, we're back on 49ers Talk. And to break down more of Brock Purdy's injury situation, the the surgery, and the potential recovery time, we welcome in Associate Professor of UCSF Orthopedic Surgery, Dr. Nara Pandya. Dr. Pandya, it's nice to see you again. Hope all is well with you. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, okay, you you know what the 49ers said. Um, Dr. Meister, Dr. Keith Meister from it was Arlington, I believe, is where his practice is, and he's a team doctor of the Texas Rangers. Um, he made the or did the surgery in which an internal brace repair was was provided to uh, to Brock Purdy's right elbow. Can you just kind of take us through that? What what that means? Yeah, absolutely. I think the number one thing is that it means that the ligament was in good quality tissue, and I know that was always the concern was would he potentially have to get the larger surgery because the ligament was kind of degenerative, like a picture picture. So the fact that it's good is, is a very positive sign. And typically what's done in that surgery is that the ligament is usually reattached to bone or kind of sewn together because it's good quality. And what this internal brace is, it's really almost a strong kind of tape that basically is placed in the elbow and basically protects the repair. So you can get back to sports quicker. So it's a very good prognosis for Purdy and it kind of fits in that timeline that all 49ers fans are hoping for for him to have the option of potentially return for the season. Well, one of the things that I was told was that the, the tear to the ligament was basically in the middle. Is that a, is that a good thing rather than being at the bone? You know, I think as long as the tissue quality is good, um, it's kind of the same for both ways. Obviously when you repair things back to bone, it becomes a little bit more complex and you need the ligament to heal the bone. But the fact that it's kind of good tissue and everything's healing together, I think that's the most positive thing for him. So both both scenarios have their pros and cons. So I think good quality tissue is what's important at the end of the day. Okay. So the 49ers, as part of their, their statement, said that after three months, um, he will begin the, the throwing program. A, a throwing progression program is how they, they term it. So does that mean it's basically immobile for three months until that program begins? No. So actually, you know, usually most of that immobility is usually the first four to six weeks. So usually athletes will have a brace and they're working on, you know, getting that mobility back because the biggest complication with this is stiffness. So you're basically protecting the repair while starting motion. And that usually lasts for about the first six weeks. After six weeks, you're pretty much starting strengthening. So you can see Brock Purdy, see videos of him at six weeks, and they'll hopefully look pretty normal. So that immobility is only that first period of time. And then you're really getting that arm moving. And that's really the benefit of the internal brace is that you don't have to stay immobile for a long period of time. You've got that strength to get that arm moving and start the rehab process pretty early. So they did, you know, previously, uh, John Lynch had said three months and then the the throwing process can begin and then another three months to get back up to 100 percent. 
I would assume that everybody is different. What What are your thoughts on how long it will take him? Because when you look at this, the surgery was March 10th. Six months from March 10th is September 10th, which is also the first Sunday of the NFL regular season. So how do you kind of look at the process and, and the possibility that Brock Purdy could be ready week one? You know, I think if you look at the data, I mean, most of this is in baseball pitchers and that six month timeline holds up pretty well, but absolutely everyone's a little bit different. And, you know, each step along the way at every six to eight week time point, you need to make sure that the mobility is there, the strength is there and there aren't, there isn't pain for progressing. So absolutely at three months, that throwing that begins is you're just doing very light throws and you're progressing. So as long as symptoms don't develop and everything progresses normally, absolutely at six months, it can be there. But some people may have a little bit of a setback or they may respond a little bit differently. And then it could be seven months. So a lot of the data is looking at baseball players. We just don't have good data in quarterbacks who get the surgery done. And if six to seven months will be appropriate for them. But it sounds like his surgeon feels that that may be the case. Okay. So one of the other things I heard was, you know, when, when Dr. Meister, Keith Meister was going to go in there, uh, you know, that decision was going to be made. Is it going to be the full on Tommy John? Is it going to be uh, what you talked about? the uh, the internal brace and i was told even there might even be a 10 percent chance that he didn't need surgery at all which i guess was you know clearly the most unlikely scenario there but but what was the doctor looking for in order to just finalize it and put in the internal brace yeah i think a lot of it has to go down with surgeon experience and obviously someone who's seen a lot of elbows um will have that make that decision about what the quality of the tissue is so a lot of things you're basically looking at is the tissue inflamed. Is it ripped up a lot? Does it look like it's not going to reattach to bone? Is there a lot of scar tissue? So I think a lot of the times with pitchers, you go in there and you're just nothing to repair, just very poor quality tissue. So the main thing is, can you basically get the tissue to heal end to end? Um, and is it good quality, everything around it? Is there any degenerative changes? So it sounds like he saw good tissue in there, was able to repair it. And, you know, obviously the 10% chance that it was healed wasn't there. So all things considered, I think this is the best case scenario for him. And why do you think that the surgery was postponed? Um, you talked about you know a little bit of inflammation in there. Why why is that a big deal? Yeah, I think anytime you have a joint, whether that be a knee or an ankle that's very inflamed, and you operate on it, it increases the risk of infection. It increases the risk of stiffness afterwards, um, as well as nerve issues. So ideally, with this type of surgery, you want to have pretty full or near normal mobility before you go in or then you're just gonna be stiff afterwards, which is really gonna set him back long-term. So you want the ideal environment for this kind of surgery and a delay, yes, it does make increase the chance of scar tissue, but it's better to have an ideal environment and push the timeline back than to do the surgery early. And then suddenly has a repair that fails or he gets stiffness and can't return to play. Dr. Pandia, one of the things about Brock Purdy, probably the, you know, the, the biggest knock on him a year ago before the draft was arm strength. Mm -hmm. is, is his arm strength going to be able to get better as as time goes on like you know a lot of times guys make big leaps you know just body wise physical right. um everything uh from year one to year two is this a a huge setback for him or how would you term it you know i actually think it may be a little bit of a blessing in disguise and a lot of people you know see pictures they get tommy john and they come back even better and they think it's a surgery when actually it forces you to really rehab and work on mechanics that you may never have worked on in the past and kind of resetting things. So I think it allows him the opportunity to work on strength, work on the ability to potentially change his mechanics that may have been there before and actually come back stronger. So it's less about the actual surgery itself, but the fact that you've got six months of forced rehab to really work on strengthening and protecting your arm. And that allows him the opportunity to get back. And if you look at the data for both repairs and Tommy John surgeries, People get their strength back, potentially get even better. Um, and it's really that rehab process. So I think there's an opportunity for Purdy to improve arm strength and be even better um, just based on the rehab process. Okay. So what's the next step for you, you know, looking at this, what, what are you going to be kind of monitoring and, and what can people kind of look for to see how well Brock Purdy is progressing? Yeah, I think the next big standpoint will be at that six week mark. And that's typically where you should see people not in a brace you know, not kind of any sling or anything like that. So I think if we see him at that time point out of it, that's a good step. And I do really think that three month time point is really critical. Most soft tissue, which is a ligament heals at three months. So if you see him starting to throw at three months, that's the most positive sign. And I think if he does that, then the, the road is pretty clear for him to get to six months to return to play. If you see any delay in that starting of throwing, that would be my biggest concern. Okay. I know you're not a football coach, but <laughs> is, is it realistic to think that he can 
be the starter week one for the 49ers? You know, I think the larger concern I have is not necessarily the fact he's going to be able to throw and do all the things a quarterback could do. But the one thing we don't talk about is this injury was a traumatic injury. It's basically a, a, you know, something that happened when someone hit his arm. And how is he confidently going to feel in terms of getting contact? And how will that elbow respond when it does get contact? I mean, pitchers, when they get the surgery done, no one's coming running up at them and hitting their arm. And that's where we really don't know with this whole process is how will this hold up when he gets hit, hit again in the, in the backfield? So um, that's the, would be the only concern. I think he'll be able to get out there and play, but it's the physical part of the game that may be what holds him back uh, early on week one, week two, week three. You know, I, I just rewatched uh, the, the two plays where the quarterbacks for the 49ers got injured in that NFC yeah. championship game. Josh Johnson's, you know, the, the play that in which he sustained the concussion looked almost identical with a player hitting his elbow as he was throwing. Did you notice right. that? And why is it one guy gets a concussion and the other guy gets a torn UCL? It, it's crazy. I mean, this is literally to tear your UCL with a traumatic blow like that. It's like a one in 20, 30,000 chance. So it really was, you have to be at the right part of your throwing motion, releasing the ball, your muscles firing. I mean, honestly, you, you can predict that any, like, anything like that would ever happen to a quarterback, but it really did. Um, and that's why it's so rare in quarterbacks. You just don't get hit at the perfect time like Brock Purdy did. So absolutely, I think it's just bad luck where he was in his throwing motion that led to that ligament being injured. And it's also crazy that, what, this has happened twice in the NFL in I don't know how many years, and both of them were to 49ers quarterbacks, one being Nick Mullins, of course, and now to Brock Purdy. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it is crazy that it's, you know, the only other quarterback who's had this surgery, but not a repair, but a reconstruction was Jake DeLome. So you've got the two repairs, you know, on 49ers history and then one other quarterback. So it is, it is pretty crazy. The area has the two repair quarterbacks in, in, the, in the league. Is the internal brace, is that something new? Yeah, it's pretty much been developed over the past five to seven years. Um, they use it a lot in ACL surgery and in the, uh, in the elbow as well, too. But um, absolutely, it was not something that was around or used very widely 10, 15 years ago and really has taken off over the past couple of years. And like you said, there's just not enough documentation and not, not enough, uh, uh, whatever, pr precedent, other cases to kind of determine this is exactly how it's going to play out. Absolutely. Yeah. We have good data for pitchers, but for quarterbacks or in, any kind of athlete who's involved in kind of more contact sports, just, it's just so limited. So we're taking the baseball data and hoping that that translates over to a quarterback, which hopefully it will. All right. Dr. Narapandia, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We're back on 49ers Talk. Big thanks to Narapandia, Dr. Narapandia from UCSF for taking us through the whole uh, Brock Purdy situation. I guess the one thing that kind of stood out to me, Jennifer, and I'd mentioned this on a previous podcast and uh, it shows why I'm not a doctor. Um, I thought that, you know, my take was that because he was having this surgery, Brock Purdy, that is, that uh -huh. it was going to kind of rob him of an off season to get, you know, bigger, stronger, you know, increases arm strength. So it was a little bit, um, it was interesting to me to hear Dr. Pandya kind of dispute that and actually call it a blessing in disguise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The fact that he's going to be able to specifically work on his elbow movement his throwing motion, all of that stuff, it's going to help him get stronger and he's going to really be focusing on it, which is, I think, you know, there's so much focus on footwork and other parts of throwing a football. And I think this, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a good thing for Brock Purdy. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's one of those things that, you know, we've been talking ever since we knew that Brock Purdy sustained that grade three tear, complete tear of the UCL on his elbow. I think we all kind of, and I guess Dr. Pandey alluded to this, there are just so few cases when it comes to football players and so few cases when it comes to, you know, throwing athletes in collision sports that you just don't know until you know, and we don't know yet, but right now in the, in the way the 49ers released, you know, in their statement, they call it a successful surgery. I guess we don't know if it'll be successful or it is successful until it's until it's successful. Right. <laughs> We're so profound. Yeah. Another, uh, another t-shirt there for you. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm trying to, but catch the good thing is that there are no complications and that he didn't have another setback 
this early. So, I mean, that's a good sign. And yeah, it's just going to take time to find out how he recovers and how he responds to his UCL being repaired the way it got repaired. Yep. There we go. Okay. So now we turn ourselves to free agency and I've kind of put together a, a little list here of mm-hmm. uh, players who are scheduled yes. for free agency. And uh, let, let's kind of go through them. Uh, well, first off, let's say, I don't know what order to go to, but let's, let's just start off since we're talking quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. So Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo is a backup quarterback who started, where did he start last year? 10 games, I think it was, for the 49ers and started that win yeah. streak that Brock Purdy carried over. So we all assume that Jimmy Garoppolo will not be back with the 49ers. How do you replace him? That one's easy. That one's Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. That's how you replace Jimmy Garoppolo. And and so I don't think, you know, all things being equal, um, you know, 49ers don't, don't lose much with Jimmy Garoppolo perhaps finally exiting the doors in at Levi Stadium for the final time. Yeah, I you know, I think the the plan is laid out. Jimmy Garoppolo won a lot of games for the 49ers, but they are moving on and it's Trey Lance and the Brock Purdy show. Yeah, and I do think after after we find out where Jimmy's heading for sure, uh we'll have to have a a segment on the next podcast, kind of a, a Jimmy Garoppolo appreciation uh podcast or at least segment because I really do think sure. that he brought so much excitement and pizzazz to the team. And I just, I've, you know, I know uh, for some people he was polarizing, but I Mm -hmm. I can tell you for the fan base, he was as popular as they come. Absolutely. It's so funny to me how a guy who has won so many games for a club has, I know how you think about social media fans, but it's just amazing that a guy like that who has won so many games like that there's any negativity about him out there at all, because all the things that he's gone through being bumped down, coming back, you know, supposedly being traded, all the things, the roller coaster ride that he went on, he was the same guy through all of it and, you know, won a ton of games. And I know you have a ton of respect for him as much as I do for how he handled himself through all of it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of jealousy, and it's something I can relate to, Jennifer. Because I think when you when you you're, you're a good looking Italian guy like Jimmy and myself, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of hate that comes along with that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you got to be careful. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got to be very careful. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, Mike McGlinchey. So Mike McGlinchey, we don't expect him to resign. We expect him to get a big money contract somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 49ers could look into the free agent market, but the fact that they signed Colton McKivitz to a two-year extension through the 2024 season, I, I just think the more than likely, I think the answer at right tackle is going to be either Colton McKivitz, and that would be my front runner, or mm-hmm. Jay McMore. That that's just how I see it. And part of this is why part of this is remember Mike McGlinchey didn't play at all the final half of the 2021 season and the 49ers still made it to the NFC championship game. And I contend mm-hmm. that they would have won that game or yeah, I think they would have won that game if Jimmy Garoppolo could have thrown a football, you know, if he didn't have yeah. his thumb ligament hanging off and his elbow or his shoulder and all that stuff. So they made it with Tom Compton as their right tackle. This is not to diminish what a right tackle does. I'm just saying that 49ers can get by without Mike McGlinchey because right. they almost did in 2021. And I I kind of think that Colton McKivitz is going to be a lot better than people know or or expect. Yeah. And then, you know, that same game, I think it was Trent Williams on one foot. So they had, you know, a pretty good showing from the offensive line, even though they had all of those things going against them. Uh, Looking at all the fridges that are out there at right tackles that are specifically right tackle, there are a decent amount of swing tackles that are free agents. There are very few right tackles that are free agents this year. I think, you know, Tackles in general, offensive linemen in general, really good ones are so rare that they very rarely become free agents. So 
a guy like Mike McGlinchey is going to get a big contract. It's just, they're just not that many out there. And I looked at the guys who would probably demand maybe one or $2 million, which is maybe three, which is, I think, you know, what the 49ers budget would be considering how much money they have going to other players. doesn't sound like a lot, but in comparison, I just don't think they're going to spend a lot of money on a guy when they've got young guys in the room that are getting better. And, you know, with Trent Williams on one side and you've got great performances from Aaron Banks and Spencer Burford at guard, you know, I think they're just going to keep growing the guys that they have. And I think that's where they're going to go. Yeah. They invested in those guys in the draft for a reason. That was to develop them, Mm -hmm. give them a shot eventually. And I think, Again, I, I would be surprised if someone from the outside comes in and, and takes over right tackle, but who knows? Um, as far as Mike McGlinchey, keep an eye on this team, the Chicago Bears. Um, you know, they're they're all in right now on Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. They do have the number nine overall pick in the draft. Uh, they did pick a, a DJ Moore, the wide receiver from the Panthers in that trade. I, I think mm-hmm. they need more playmakers on offense, but if they can go out and and pay the big money to get McGlinchey, that would be my odds on favorite to sign Mike McGlinchey, the Chicago Bears. Okay, now I'm going to put two guys kind of in the same boat, Jimmy Ward right. and Tashawn Gibson. Um, yes. two, two guys who play safety. Obviously, Jimmy mm-hmm. Ward was also the, the nickelback. Um, if, if you go merely with bumping guys up who are on the roster, who are under contract, then I guess the, the nickelback would be Samuel Womack and mm-hmm. the safety would be George Odom. I don't see George Odom as the starting safety. Um, Womack could work himself into more of a, uh, more of an increased role. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think maybe that's a spot where if they're going to go out and get somebody from the outside, maybe it kind of lends itself to that. Um, maybe re-sign one of the guys and go get somebody. I don't know. But, um, again, they're under they're under some financial constraints, so they don't want to just go right. spending wildly. The one guy I think would be a really good fit, but it just might be too rich, is the safety uh, Julian Love from the New York Giants. Again, might mm-hmm. be a little bit too rich, but safety is generally a spot where you can get a good bargain. It's kind of all connected, right? So if they bring back Emmanuel Mosley on a one-year deal at cornerback that might shift over diameter Lenore to nickel, which kind of changes where the safeties would line up too. So, I mean, it, all that whole defensive backfield, where they line up, who's going to play, where are they going to get to Sean Gibson back? Is he going to not retire? I mean, it sounds like he's going to, I know that the Niners would love to have him back. And I don't think that, he would want to play anywhere else. I think he really enjoyed his time with the Niners. So I think it's very likely that he would return. So then that's Talano Hufanga and maybe Tashawn Gibson at safety. So then is Jimmy Ward, the odd man out? Is he going to be too expensive at that point? He, Jimmy Ward's been really interesting this off season. He's been talking about how he loved his time with the 49ers, that he can play at every position that he wants to play corner, that he can play nickel, but he wants to play safety. He's been all over the board. He, you know, he's going to talk to the Niners and see where they're at. He could talk to D'Amico, see where he's at. It's like all options are open for him. And I think he's just going to see what happens when tampering starts. Oh gosh. Yeah. Tampering. You didn't even say <laughs> legal. Uh, okay. So the 49ers do have those draft picks at number 99, 101, 102. If they mm-hmm. go through free agency and don't get a starting caliber corner or uh, right. safety, or even if they do, you know, if they if they re-sign Jimmy Ward, if they re-sign re-sign to Sean Gibson, you know, how many years are they going to give those guys? So this could be an yeah. opportunity. Like if they re-sign to Sean Gibson, it's probably going to be a one-year deal, and mm-hmm. then if you draft a safety, you know, that right around the one hundred marker. Um, you know, they've done this before where they've drafted a guy and let him sit and learn for a year. So right. uh, that would mm-hmm. be, I think that would be kind of the the sweet spot to get a safety at that those picks in the draft um, in, at the late third round. 
Okay, so who else do we got here? We got um, Samson Ebukam. Uh, mm-hmm. And so he's a starter, was a starter. Yes. And I would say that, you know, the on the the on team replacement for him would have to be Drake Jackson, a uh, guy that right. they picked. Oh, here here's a little interesting tidbit. If you use the old draft trade chart and you mm-hmm. said, how far up can the 49ers get if they were to trade number 99, 101, and 102? A lot of the those old draft trade charts have the, would have them getting to 61. 61 is also the spot where Drake Jackson was selected last year. So, um, it, you know, the, the Fournier's will add at the defensive line. There's no question in free. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's a absolutely. lot of guys. And and here's, here's one name to keep in mind. Well, I'll, I'll give you two names. One is Arden Key who's a free agent mm-hmm. his production fell off a little bit with Jacksonville. So maybe the four years would be interested in bringing him back um, under the right circumstances. Uh, the other guy, I think really keep an eye on this guy. I watched him play a lot over the last couple of years, Ashawn Robinson from the Rams. He's, he's a, mm-hmm. a defensive lineman, big body. Uh, he, his season ended with a torn meniscus. So the four years know him very well. And I don't know that he's going to get a huge payday. So that would be a guy to, to kind of keep an eye on. He would be, if you're looking at guys from outside the building, it, it, that one really would not surprise me if they were able to go out and get Ashawn Robinson. It's always funny, right? How the Niners and the, you know, in the NFC West, how players kind of bounce back and forth because they get to see so much of them. So they know what they're getting in that player because they've watched film on them. You know, they've prepared to go against that player twice in a season. So, you know, it makes sense when I know there was that time where Niners and Seahawks players are going back and forth a lot. It's because they see each other. They know what they're getting in those players. So it does make sense when those kind of those maneuver, those moves happen. Okay. I got another one for you, Robbie gold. If he does not resign with the 49ers and he's already said that he won't, but we'll, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be official when it's official. Another t-shirt right. motto there. <laughs> um, the, the one guy that I could see the 49ers going after probably at the top of the list, Matt Gay from the Rams. And when you think about mm-hmm. it, you know, here's a guy that has been very accurate, just like Robbie was. He was the 60 of 64 in field goals the past two seasons. He's, Quite a bit younger than Robbie. Matt Gay is only 28 years old. And here's kind of a key, I think. Matt Gay on kickoffs, 79% touchbacks, whereas Robbie Gold this last season was 49.5% touchbacks. And I think that's an area where the 49ers, I don't know if they ever got really killed with their, their kickoff coverage, but if you can just, there are a few times, there yeah, are a few times. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, it, it seemed like it was always just kind of teetering on the brink of something disastrous happened with their kickoff <laughs> coverage, didn't it? <laughs> yes. But it was much better than the year before. Well, yes. I mean, so there have been improvements, but yes. <laughs> yes. A, uh, an outbreak of uh, cordyceps was better than the 49 special teams of a year before. <laughs> yes okay before i'm the last one standing because you've uh, the last of us uh you know <laughs> because you get off this call because you're appalled by me um let's let's figure this out now um okay Rob, matt gay is my my pick for the 49ers to pursue um and then okay. i know you, you spend a lot of time looking at that offensive line uh you know are they going to go out and spend big money on offensive linemen Probably not, but if probably not. But if there's a bargain at the center position, you know, like it, it could be one of those situations where, you know, you have Jake Brindle, and if you can pay maybe just a little bit extra and get a guy like Connor McGovern from the Jets, um, mm-hmm. maybe that's the way they go. Yeah, I, 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 that's what that's gotta one, be. That's my one position. Center is where they could go out and get a starter. It's got to be someone who doesn't break the bank that is mobile and can run block really well, can get downfield, and is also very smart. I mean, Kyle Shanahan demands a lot from his center. So, you know, Jake Brendel obviously did a good job. 
John Lynch even said while he was at the combine that, yeah, he played great for us. We'd love to have him back. So I know that's an option, but yeah, I could see possibly an upgrade there if that happens. Yeah. And I mean, the, the four hours of, I mean, I think once again, the four hours will have far more free agent losses than free agent gains. And so, you know, looking ahead to the 2024 draft for Aaron's will get more comp picks and man, more they, comp really, picks. they really milk that, don't they? I mean, they had, they do. They had the three special compensatory picks for losing right. Robert Sala, Martin Mayhew, Mike McDaniel, Rand Carthon and D'Amico Ryans. And then they got yep. four more compensatory picks for their free agent losses uh, DJ Jones, Arden Key, Raheem Mostert, Lakin Tomlinson, uh, and uh, Kwan Williams. So, right, seven picks that they weren't expected to get or or weren't on the books to get, they're able to get through the NFL's compensatory system. So that's why they have eleven draft picks. I don't expect them to keep all 11 draft picks, but I guess we'll see how free agency goes. I mean, I think there would be some some shaking and moving and maneuvering and going up and going down and all that stuff. So the first piece of the puzzle, though, is the start of free agency. And I think it's going to I think it's going to go kind of fast and furious with some of these key guys with the 49ers. Yeah, there's a lot that's going to shake out. And, you know, I think everybody's waiting for that first domino to fall, which is Aaron Rodgers. Where is he going to go? What's he going to do? I think that's kind of the the start of the the ball rolling in free agency for quarterbacks. And we'll see where it all plays out as the week continues. Absolutely. We'll see where it all plays out on the next episode of 49ers Talk. Dramatic pause, dramatic pause, the podcast. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.